property we but you can't be any geek off the street gotta be handy with the steel if you know what i mean earn you keep regulators Mauna. it was a clear black night a clear yeah. white moon Warren G. what's up uh-huh <laughs> I wanted that to keep playing. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Last Exit of Brooklyn, LE2B. I'm Tom McCaffrey. I'm here with my co-host, Eric B. How are yeah, you? I'm doing well. We got a great guest today. We have a guest of, of a um, show uh, regular, fan, a fan favorite, uh, yeah. uh, Josh Comers. He's a writer, comedian, and he, was, he just wrote for the uh, Robert Smigel show, Let's Be Real. Uh, let's hear shout it for out, him. Shout out to the... Uh, regulators out there i guess <laughs> yeah that's um I'm really bad with the music by the way is that your favorite song do you know that song I, no i don't <laughs> do you not i didn't know i thought it might have been a scene from a movie at first it it is they oh that the beginning is um oh, is oh. there uh dubbing uh young guns remember oh is it oh, i i loved young yeah that was a fun show when i was young or a fun movie yeah um it's also it 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 samples uh uh, Michael McDonald song. Oh, oh yeah, that. that's what it's sampling. I never knew that. I couldn't yeah, I could never I, figure I, it out. I keep forgetting. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Right. So they literally did absolutely nothing on that song. <laughs> I don't know. When you sample, isn't it just like you can't go wrong? Like, well, everyone loves this this little right. <laughs> well, this movie was a hit. This song was a hit. Let's just put them together. Yeah, and then they act like they did. But I mean, that's actually kind of the you know great thing about like rap music and hip-hop i was thinking about this like anything creative now that you make it has to be kind of like made up of other things you know what i mean so i think now the art form is like just finding like tarantino openly admits that all he did was steal from things and put them all together but he stole mm -hmm. like a little from here a little from there a little from there and, and he made also his own thing he also he also stole from things that were like very obscure like yeah. you know he, he would steal from like a a karate movie from 1964 you know that no one ever saw you know? right he he had the he he's like this pop culture fanatic just knows everything that's ever been done so he's able to steal from because everyone else steals from the thing that's like big they're like oh we have to do that well it's just kind of like his i'm sorry go ahead i was just gonna say i think there's a fine line between or maybe it's not so fine but you know are you inspired are you influenced or are you stealing you know what i mean like I think there's a way to, to to steal where it's not. I think that's what rap music did again, kind of because they were forced to because, you know, early on it's because they didn't have any money to buy instruments and stuff. So they had to like to make music. They had to take records that already existed and okay. turn that into a new song. That's kind of how like why sampling started, because they didn't really have any other choice. Oh, that's interesting. So Tarantino always kind of said he that's why he, he liked hip hop, because it was like he felt like he did that with movies. He like, it, it's like, I don't know. I guess that's what I was saying. So much has been done at this point. What, what can yeah. really be totally original other than, so you can kind of take things from different things and make it, make it your own thing. But I also think it's, it's always been that way. Like, like if you watch Bugs Bunny cartoons, right. Mm -hmm. and Which I do see, regularly. I, I, <laughs> I do. I was, I was showing my kid a lot. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. I understand the crap he was watching. Like, I was showing him everything with the guns, everything. 
Um, and has he gone around and shot anybody? No, doesn't no, do with it. Yeah. Not yet. The thing yeah. with the guns, you're like, hey, you're ready for gunplay. <laughs> but but if you're watching Bugs Bunny and you watch like you know you get used to watching Bugs Bunny and you know his personality and you like the the humor and and then you go see a Groucho if you and then you watch like a Marx Brothers movie and see mm. Groucho Marx, you're like, oh wait a minute, he's doing Groucho, right? Good point. Yeah. Like the honey, yeah. like how many, well, that's just a template for the Flintstones. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, you know, no, you're, yeah, it has been done. And I think some people are the honey better is like the template for King of Queens. I mean, it's gone on forever. Right. That's what I mean. It's so it's kind of like everything's kind of been done. It's kind of your own take on it. And right. also like, you're going to, it, that's why it's so it's so important to have like a strong, unique point of view. On I mean, it's, it's like with comedy; it's the exact same thing with comedy. Everything's been talked yeah. about. Like, you can come up with a unique way of looking at things. I think that it took me. You know, you hear that thing early on. They're like, "Well, well you got to find your voice," and you're like, "What are you talking about? Find my voice." I feel like I just understood that like this year. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's always a tricky one. But um, like, was there any comics that you sort of slipped into their persona early on? I think yeah. that's pretty common when you're first starting. Um, I, yeah, mm. I feel like that's like what everyone, I feel like you almost have to do that because you don't yeah. know what you're doing. So it's kind of like, and you have to kind of learn it while you're doing it. So it's like, yeah. you're yeah. going to kind of imitate. I mean, everyone does in every art form, like, mo like movie directors, you know, yeah, but Tarantino. The comics, you always see the comics who are very influenced. Like when I first started, I, I felt like I was doing Norm up there. And a lot of people ended up doing Norm. Some people got yeah. famous for kind of doing him, but yeah. um, and then you know people were doing Louis C.K. and Attell and um, Bill Burr. That's I, know, I think so many people, even great comics, did Attell. Bill Burr definitely. Now I see so many people. Oh my god, influenced I, by him. There's like some people. It's just like it's like absurd almost. Um, David uh, Attell early on. But you know who the guy I see people doing now? I think we talked about this before, but Mark Normand. Oh yeah, I bet. Yeah, I, I really. That's what, I've never really. I've yeah. never noticed that. Oh yeah, it's the mannerisms. You know, I, I'll see sometimes people go comedy. You know. Oh well, like, that's pretty bad. Yeah. I, I think uh, he's infectious the way Brody was. You know, like you just kind of want to repeat the things that he says and in, in the way that he says them. It's just kind of fun. Um, yeah, like I remember early on, like a tell is someone that I was copying a lot, which is so funny because I later on became nothing like a tell, um, right. and then. You know, Louis C.K. became my favorite comedian. And like, there was definitely, but I mean, he was someone that when I first saw him do, I hadn't been doing stand up yet. And I was like, it, it's something about his style resonated with me where I was like, oh, I could be like that on stage. So I, I'm not saying we're like the same, but I like the naturalness of his comedy seemed right. like something that I would, would be able to do as opposed to like, I don't know, like certain like Seinfeld or something. I right. wasn't going to be like Seinfeld. Was there, did you find that? Who did you find yourself uh, being? For me, it was Elaine Boozler. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, dude, I don't know. I flipped around so much. Like Dennis Miller or oh. Richard Lewis. Uh, um, you were always like kind of like, did you go into being yeah. like, you liked like one-liner guys? Like you, you have a lot of like short jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Rodney. Like, I mean, you know, I, 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 I like that kind of stuff so and you had like like you had like jokes you were very like you didn't just go up there and kind of ramble it was very like tight i i see yeah it's still what i do i i, I just have I, I can't 
there's some some jokes that I kind of can be like myself telling, but a lot of them ask you to just suspend disbelief and go with the absurd, you know, or they're just like tricks, you know, like just I'm, t- I'm taking you in one direction. I send you in another, you know, I, yeah. So that's why you probably were like, you know, we're good. You, you fit right into that kind of the late night writing stuff. Um, yeah, yes, I, I did. I, I kind of honed joke skill, my joke writing skills on stage. And then I honed them more for monologue jokes off stage, uh, my blog, but yeah. And, um, what is, um, well, well this the- actually I wanted to get into, cause like he, you know, Josh is a great late night joke writer and for years he worked for Conan who's going off the air now. And I, I feel like it's a big deal. I really do because I feel like it's, I don't know the status of late night TV going forward. It, you know, I don't, what do you think of the status of it going forward? I think it's pretty uncertain, right? I mean, it, it, we live in a clip world now, uh, you know, who the hell's watching this at 1130. And I also want, you know, I just, I wonder like, you know, the, celebrities go on these shows to promote um their whatever their projects they're working on um but if you really want to get to know a celebrity you listen to a podcast that yeah, yeah. Deep. but yeah. I, so, but they're doing you know they're 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 satisfying the networks they're on or else they wouldn't be there right um i think conan's podcast is like huge right well, Conan, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure at this point, and for a while now, he's probably enjoyed doing that more than, um, more than the show because it's just he's more himself and it's less regimented, and he can riff, uh, and I'm sure he really enjoys that. And it's yeah. just different now too because, um, I mean, I feel like this shift is just in the last five six years, just like TV, the idea of like sitting down at a certain time to watch something is like completely gone. And like, that was kind of when they thrived when it was like the whole appointment TV thing where it was like, Oh, this is going to be on soon. And then they'd be like tonight, this person's on. And you know, you had no back then, you know, you'd like the nineties, I guess even in the aughts, like you had no access really to celebrities. Like remember there was like no access to famous people unless like you saw them for five minutes on a talk show. Like, yeah. There was before the internet and all stuff, it was like, or even afterwards, like you just, and I remember watching interviews on the Tonight Show with, with celebrities that I liked and they never asked what I wanted them to ask. You know, they just kind of did like, like fluffy things. Mm-hmm. And then when podcasts came along, they had like an hour. And I remember Mark Marin, he would ask exactly all the stuff that I wanted them to ask. Yeah. So like for me, it just kind of, I was already kind of moving away from late night, but like, eventually you know that's what happened with podcasting is this amazing thing i mean it's just like has snuck up on us i mean i I mean maybe on me it feels like where they're just dominating the the media culture well and and with conan because i was saying i was listening to a lot of norm lately and you know he was great on conan like he was like maybe one of the best guests on conan do you you do you remember any like great guests on the show or well i'll say this I, i I didn't work at the show at the time, but I, w- I was watching live when Norm. Uh, oh, I know what you're talking to say, right? What was it? Was it character? Who the hell? No. Who, who was Courtney, he? Courtney Thorne Smith. That fucking. Oh. He was just brilliant there. When he shits on the movie. Well, board. He said like. Chairman of the board. Chairman of the board. 
I don't remember the exact show. She's, and he says, let me guess, it's spelled B-O-R-E-D. <laughs> this is after he's already been needling her. And it, just, it just crushed. It was he says, you know what, um, what, what does he say? Like, you know what a better name for that movie would be? Um, box Office Poison. Right. No, the, the context is, is he's like railing on Courtney Thorne Smith. And then at the last minute, Conan goes, he goes, the movie's chairman of the board. He goes, can you do something with that, Norm? And Norm didn't even let, miss a beat, he just said. His board spelled B-O-R-E-D and they fuck it. I mean, it was so fast. Like, you, Well, wasn't it funny, too, because I think that was right. Like, I think that it was spelled that. No, it's board chairman of the. Uh, no, wasn't. Oh, don't it wasn't. Ruin this, don't ruin this moment. This moment. <laughs> I thought that that's why it was funny. Classic because I late, thought late moment. <laughs> he caught on to the like f- that they thought that was like a funny. But I don't I mean, you know, honestly, I've never heard anything about that movie or even seen a poster. So I don't know what how they spelled it. But um. I don't, I, the only, you, Eric, you asked me about guests. Do I, if yeah. I um, no, I remember, I mean, I remember like just certain things like backstage, not so much, um, you know, during the show. Uh, Cause that, I don't know, like, like we're saying, it's not that interesting. Um, unless no, it's norm. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, like, I remember seeing Ringo in the green room. Like we were kind of at the Conan show at TBS. We were kind of allowed to like mill around the green room. Uh, But they let you like, was there a rule like, hey, don't talk to them? I mean, there wasn't a rule, but you know, you, you, it's a little bit of, everyone everyone knew how to handle themselves. I don't think there, you know, if there was someone being inappropriate, then there'd be a little bit of, you know, all right, everyone, but no one, everyone seems not. Yeah. But like Ringo Starr was there, a fucking Beatle. And wow. I wouldn't go up to him and say, you're a Beatle, you know. Um, I just stared yeah. at him. I'm like, I'm, I'm in the room with a Beatle. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, but I did, at, the, at Conan's Tonight Show, I did, <laughs> um, Sarah Palin was on. Uh, and and this is at, like, the height of Sarah Palin. This was it, like, I guess just, be- yeah, just before the election, I guess. That was her height. Well, 2000, what? Or, well, 2009. So actually, it was mm-hmm. after. Oh, but she yeah, was yeah. still. People were still talking about but it a lot. It was yeah. still a big thing. The beginning of the fucking end. Um, but I remember me and uh, Jimmy Pardo, the, who was uh, doing warm up. Um, uh, we we wanted to get a picture with her, and we asked politely, and she had you know big guards, and they're like, "Have you read the book?" Because she's there promoting a book. Or you buy the book? And they're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, so there's a picture of uh, uh, me and Jimmy um, with Sarah Palin. And they asked us not to put it on social media, and neither one of us ever did. Ah, uh, uh, well, maybe uh, you can do it now. Would it be too I mean, late? The only other person I, I ever like bothered was John Cryer to get a, or maybe I didn't. I, because I, 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 no, I think I just mentioned like a lot of people say I look like you. And, like, oh yeah! Did you? Did, you? Yeah. yeah. Did what did he say to that? Like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it was like no no big thing. So um, anyway, but then people... when I, went to, I went to the Tonight Show. And, uh, I'm sorry, the Tonight Show with Fallon. I asked Dion. Um, I don't. You know that old singer Dion from Dion Warwick. No, Dion. No, Dion. Oh, Dion. Dion. Yeah. I'm forgetting his last name. Uh, but anyway, Dion and the uh, Domino. What the fuck were they called? The Belmonts. Yeah, Belmonts, yes. Yeah. I my dad's a big fan. So I was like, 
I was like, hey, Dion was on the show, which is like, I don't, I don't know what Dion's doing on the Tonight Show, but good for <laughs> him, right? In like, you know, 2016, but okay. Yeah. Those um, kids must have so loved I, watching that. Yeah, so there wasn't like, there wasn't like a, a green room where it, it's not weird if you walk through. So I asked like the music person, like producer, I'm like, I'm like, hey, you know, would it be okay if I uh, got a, like, you know, one got a picture? Uh, it was just to give my dad a little thrill. And yeah. it, 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 they were like, what, what? No. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure it's not like Dion's probably not like, just make sure nobody fucking comes in here. Like, you know, there's just a different, you know. Yeah, well, I'm yeah, sure that's... in 2016, he would have been thrilled to have someone come up to him, I, yeah, I would it imagine. Was, it wasn't like Harrison Ford's there, and I'm like, hey, would it be cool if I got a picture with Han? Han, can yeah. pose like this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be the Wookiee, you know. Have you ever done that? Like, like not even at that show, but just in general, like in comedy, like been been seen, seen somebody you're such a big fan of and been like, I had, can I get a picture with you? And then they're like, they do it kind of begrudgingly or they they don't do it. Um, I don't think I have. <laughs> are you I not a big, would you not, are you not comfortable doing that? I like, just don't like, despite my har- harassing Dion, I guess. Um, I don't I really <laughs> like to bother people like that. I'm actually surprised Dion didn't ask for a picture with you. <laughs> <laughs> he probably, yeah, he would have been thrilled. Um, I, I like how I, you said that they do it begrudgingly. Like, was it, would there be any celebrity that'd be like, "Yeah, sure, I really want to take a picture with you." I mean, no. Well, uh, sometimes they're like friendly about it. Like, you know, uh, they're they're different, but some of them are like, I I usually do it like with um the more obscure, like almost as like an ironic, not ironic, but it's like almost kind of funnier because it's like like right. I saw um. Nelson, remember that band? It was the two guys. Okay, yeah. I saw them in an airport in like 2017, and um, how would you even recognize them? I have no idea. Like, I mean, I was just walking. It was like a LaGuardia, and I walked by. There's two blonde guys with short hair, and like I would, they, I was like, those. I think I had seen one of them like recently. They, one of them was on one of those shows where celebrities like lose weight or something. You know, when it's just kind of over. That thing where like it's over for you, but like you've refused to get a job. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're like, all right, yeah, I'll just be, I'll be, I have to lose weight on a show now. Um, yeah. I'll gain weight so I can get on the show. <laughs> and he, and he, the guy wasn't even that fat. That was the thing. It was like he was kind of thin already. Um, and uh, so <laughs> I just was like, and you know, I didn't like them at all. Like I always like, when they were out, I mean, they were kind of a joke, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, were they immediately a joke? Yeah. Like they were supposedly in the heavy metal category or hard rock, but they didn't, they also were like, I don't know, pretty pussies. They were just like, not, but like the only thing they had going for them is that album that they made was produced by the dust brothers. Which they had done some big albums like with Beck and that stuff. was done by the Dust Brothers. Yep, they were produced. Yeah, so they that, those they, are the guys that with the Beastie Boys. Yeah, again. like a year earlier. <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow, that's insane. But people liked them. Like I was in college, and like people were into them. And um, but so I was like, you know, I had to be like, hey man, you guys, and, you know, and they were they were thrilled. Like I mean, but they were happy to like, yeah, you know, I was like, hey man, I'm you know, I'm really a big fan, you know, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> but like. I was like, can I get a picture with you? And they were like, one of them was like, oh, yeah, man, yeah, totally. I mean, they were really nice. Um, 
Right. But that like that was one I was like, I have to get a fucking picture. And then um I did it with the guy Wallace Shawn. Do you know who that is? Yeah. He's in Princess Bride. <clears throat> He's more yes, well known yeah. though. I yes. saw him in Bar- That's a funny one. Yeah, that's a good one. And I was like, Can I get a picture with you? And he was like, You want a picture with me? Like he seemed shocked. Oh, really? <laughs> and um, but I thought he was a like a funny and he didn't care. One time and then this this is one of the times that it was like bad was um I was really drunk and I was walking down the street in like the village on like Friday or Thursday night and it was really crowded and like I was really drunk, but I saw Seth Rogan like walking right towards me. Oh my gosh. And um like I like Seth Rogan. I'm not like a fr- I mean I like it it was like huge Seth Rogan times, like 2012. Yeah. And um and I was like, hey man, and I put my hand, I was like, oh, I'm a huge fan. He was like, oh, in that voice, oh thanks, man. And um <laughs> He was kind of walking by and I go, Hey man, can I get a picture with you? And he was just like, Oh no, no, no. And he just yeah. kind of kept walking. But that was one where I yeah, was come like, on. he was huge at that point. Uh, yeah. I'm and he wasn't mean. It was just very like, no, I'm not like I'm, I'm already walking past yeah, you. Which I also, I understand. Like, I, I just want to walk. I'm just walking somewhere. Dude. Totally. Yeah. No, I mean, I didn't. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. It wasn't like, and he shook my hand and he was like, all right. But like, his whole night must have been that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, people um, drunk dudes like me. <laughs> in, in, 2000, in, in around 2015, uh, I was in, you know, I was living in LA, but my wife and I, uh, was it two? No, it couldn't have been because my kid was uh, wasn't born. Yeah, what? It's 2014. I don't know. Um, visiting New York with my wife, and for some reason, we were on the Upper East Side, really late, walking down Madison Avenue, and it was. No one was out. Nobody was out. And then there's just this other, there's this guy approaching us. He's just walking in our direction, not to us or anything. And my wife's looking at her phone and I just kind of catch a glimpse of him and we pass him. And I'm like, I think that was Tom Hanks. Oh, that's big. And she's like, what? She's a big fan and even a bigger fan today. She's like, I'm going to go. I got to go. I got to go see. I'm like, I'm not fucking going. Are you kidding me? I'm not, we're not doing this. She's like, I'll, I'm going. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going. I'm just going to walk around the fucking block, I guess. So <laughs> I'll just she, wait for you to bang Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> okay. Quick like, question. Though. I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt, but was this before or after he became the worst pedophile in the world? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, years <laughs> before that came out. But he probably yeah. was pedophiling a little bit at that point. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So, so That's she, when I really got on board with him. <laughs> So then I, <laughs> but she caught, but I, I guess I wanted to keep her on the phone because it also wasn't maybe safe for her to be, you know, alone out there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Madison Avenue. Um, yeah. that's <laughs> pretty tra- Tom Hanks on <laughs> Madison Avenue. Yeah. That's pretty, uh, that's a bad situation. But, but, she, but that's, that's like splash. Wasn't it? I was going to say it's like yeah. splash. <laughs> I wonder uh, if he was walking along Madison Avenue on purpose just to get approached. Oh, uh, probably. Probably looking for kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But by so the way, what happened? Did she? she Tom Hanks is not a pedophile. Up, she caught up with him and uh, she said, Mr. Hanks. He said, hello. You know, hello. Uh, and she's like, who, who are you? He was like, who are you talking to? Because she was on the phone with me. She's like, oh, this is my husband. He's like, oh, okay. Hi. You know friendly enough but kept going and that that was that i i, I don't i don't remember maybe that some quick exchange but uh and then i met up with her and uh but yeah i, I was like well you can't do that but she so she, so she just kind of got had a very quick 
awkward interaction with him yeah just a quick like oh hi big fan kind of thing and uh i just didn't i'm like i'm not bothering this guy yeah, yeah. to me he's like one of those guys who was so big that yeah, now they're like pen pals it's weird yeah <laughs> wow that is weird yeah um, but he types he's a typewriter guy so um, but, but i want to ask because I'm, I'm kind of fixated a little bit on conan a little bit because i really think that that guy was like the comedic voice of our generation which of course our generation is what we're, we're generation z right what are we? We're like no, no, hey, we're Gen X. I'm joking. Oh, <laughs> I'm joking. I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> we're, we're generation. We're like 18 to 22 years old. Just play along. Oh, oh, yeah. We're yeah, trying yeah, to get younger right. listeners, but no, for the older people way above us who are Generation X, I think that mm. you know that was our comedy. I thought you know. Do you and think I, so? No, like not. I mean, well, early on, it was it was Letterman, definitely. It yeah, was Letterman, and Letterman's, you know, whatever popularity stayed. But then he got lazy, and Conan was like doing something different. He was yeah, doing you're like sketches right. and stuff. Whereas Letterman did this stuff with like, you know, let's see if it floats, or like yeah. talk, you know, talking to like. Um, you know, the cameraman or the crew guys and giving them roles. And then, Co- you know, uh, I was just listening to Smigel on, 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 you know, he was the first head writer, mm-hmm. you know, talk about, they wanted to, they didn't want to be like Letterman, so they did sketch. And I think, I think those sketches, I mean, I think that really blew people's minds and they loved it. I actually wasn't even a big late night watcher, to be honest, but, uh, you know, I do think he's. Among Cause the yeah, he was, um, yeah, that's true. And and also the fact that it was Smigel and then Louis C.K. was like one of the was yeah. like on the writing staff immediately. It's just kind of like like the, those two guys were well, like you, shaping yeah. it from the beginning is very telling. But that is true because Louis C.K., you know, basically started Louis C.K. Arguably, yeah. there might not be a Louis C.K. Without, but I think I think that. the thing was is with it, with Conan, I know you you may or may not know this. He was very influenced by this guy, Ernie Kovacs. You ever heard of him? Yeah. yeah. And he was like, my, my, my parents have told me about him. He was big, like in the early sixties or whatever. And he was very absurdist. And yeah. Conan actually had a picture of him, I think in the early days on his, on his desk. Oh. And I think yeah, he might even said it in interviews very, and that's what I think Conan was. It was just, you know, and Louis kind of started out as an absurdist comic and he was, yeah. Yeah, Smigel definitely, you know, and it's hilarious, you know, Do you remember like how it's, it's, it's funny to think back on it because I mean, if you go back to that time, I'm sure you remember it. It's like um, it was when that whole late night war thing was happening. It was like between Leno and Letterman. And then um, Conan, I mean, was like literally out of nowhere. He was just this writer guy. And it was huge news that he had got been given the old Letterman show. And And every it was the same year Chevy Chase had a show and everyone was like, they couldn't wait for that show. They were like, this is going to be amazing. And then they were like, Conan, this guy's shit. Same with Greg Kinnear. I remember I, t- I, I took a tour of um, like, I was in LA and like in like nine, right before Conan, I think Conan had just started of, of NBC and some page who was giving the tour was like taking us around the Greg Kinnear studio. Cause he had a show right after Conan. He was like, Oh, Greg Kinnear's so great. He's like, I, I, he's like, I, they're grooming him to take over right. the. Uh, well, the real story is that Chevy Chase, when he came in, everyone was so uh, was just piling on and shitting on Chevy Chase. Conan, who got like bad reviews early on, they kind of left him alone. So it gave Conan a little bit of a chance to kind of get his footing. 
you know, and by the time Chevy Chase was gone, Conan was at least slightly better. And then he really kind of got better like a couple of years in. Yeah. You know? And also, yeah. I think the pressure was off because they had no expectations from him. And Chevy Chase, they had all the expectations right. from. Yeah, it's uh, there's a long list of people who with failed talk shows. It's not an easy thing to carry a show like that. Can you remember? I'm One I can remember is Pat Sajak had a talk show. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember watching it, but yes, I, I remember that. I mean, yeah, Joe, that was a thing. That was a thing. With the smart thing about that guy is he never. I think he quit slightly, but he never quit Wheel of Fortune all the way because he knew probably in the back of his mind he's like, <laughs> I, I don't got it. Right, right. And but then even, what, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I wanted to ask you, what do you? What was your? I mean, I know you were a monologue writer. Can you tell me actually, like, say one of your favorite all time monologue jokes that you did on Conan? Can you remember any? What's crazy? I, I remember one. Oh wait, I don't even, did he do this one? No, he. I don't even think he did it. Oh, even better. I don't, I don't remember. I, you know, I, it, what's crazy is they're so disposable. I don't remember them. I don't fucking remember them. You um, I don't they, I, and I feel like if I did, they'd fall flat because they're at least you know five <laughs> ten years old. Like sketches, I remember sketches that I wrote. I mean, I wasn't like that wasn't my focus, but you know. oh, so you did do sketches. I mean, you still wrote sketch. You know, you yeah. did, not as much. You know, you weren't always writing sketches, but you pitch stuff and it would get in. And you know, you'd oh, remember. so you remember any that you you liked? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I like I, I again. I used uh, Jimmy Pardo for uh, as a talk show host for this show called a uh, game show called Take Your Time. <laughs> and like right right off the bat you get it you know what yeah. you know what it's about but you're like you know it's just the contestants are allowed to take all the time in the world right so that's that was the premise and it was painfully awkward mm -hmm. and i i just love that and the other sketch i remember um was it was like a infomercial for a uh, a service called i got this and the service was for when people walk in, when you're watching a show that you're very involved in and it's like, whatever, season three, episode 10, and someone walks in and starts being like, who's that? What, what, why did he do that? You know, uh, that someone would, would come and explain to that. Uh, that's so like funny. What, they, what they've missed. And, and we got George RR R. Martin to do that for a game of Thrones. Get out. That's fucking cool. Yeah, it was great. And he went on like this long explanation. So, do you remember Kimmy Gatewood? Yeah. Yeah, she, she was uh, yeah, she was the actress in it and I was I was the quote unquote actor, her husband. Were uh, you in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she was she was like a UCB person, right? Yeah, yes. And uh yeah, so it's it's really it's it, it was pretty funny. Did you appear on the show like every now and then? Like me? Um yeah. yeah, but I mean I'm a pretty shitty actor, uh so not often. And also mono guys just don't get the opportunity as much. Uh um I also remember I did I did this thing, this sketch before another sketch just like it really blew up where it was just a, an advertisement for a sitcom and it kept, it kept adding characters. It's, 
more and more characters came out and the plumber and the, you know, what happens when it like starts off, what happens when yeah. two roommates move in with their girlfriends and a dog and the dog walker and the mailman and the, the you know, so it's just, it's just like, that, well, I will the, say that's like a classic kind of Conan type sketch. That's why yeah. I, I love that shit. And I will say it did. Conan did become, I, I'm trying to remember how fast it happened, but I, I guess like a couple years in, it was like really funny and it was known to be yeah. funny. And that was the one that I did watch the most. Cause yeah, I do remember it being like, Oh, this is really, and also Letterman because they went to the earlier time. I guess they weren't able to, they like the later time was always better because Letterman was different then too, because it, it felt more like, like gen XE. Cause it, it was very mm-hmm. like, the ignore time slot like, like it was like sure you can have like the 12 30 time slot like right. no one really gives a shit so they weren't really like um policed as much it felt like i don't know what the you're but you were on it when it was when it got moved to the to the 11 yeah. 30 spot yeah, yeah. So. i was i was in, in i wasn't there for the heyday i, I joined so when, the, the the miserable <laughs> tonight but, show, uh, so how long were yeah, you, but there? You, were, you were there during that big turmoil with jay leno i mean that's that was crazy stuff uh, it was it was it was yes it was how long crazy. how long did that when did that start how long had you been there when that the whole jay leno I, controversy started I had, I had moved out to la i got the job and I moved out to LA two weeks before the show started. And that was like my first, you know, staff writing job. That was my big, big. I told you I ran into you on the street, like right after you would, oh. like right before you moved. Yes. You, so you saw me at my most euphoric. Like that. Right. Like I was, I was walking on air. The, right. The, between and it wasn't much different. And the time I, I started the job, I was just like. You did seem really like, I mean, you did seem like happy about it, but you weren't like, you were just like, yeah, man, you almost seemed like, like dazed about it almost. It, it was, it was, it, cause it, it was, it was a surreal thing. Like cause that. you were like, I'm moving in like a week. And I was like, wow, really? And then you showed, I mean, I think, I think I told you, you showed me some of your jokes from your, um, Oh my God, what an asshole. From your, <laughs> no, but it was, you did it in like did an all ask, right way. Did you ask for a picture with me at that point? <laughs> yeah. I would have, but Dion was standing right yeah. there. Dion Warwick was right there. So um, and she had just blown me off. Dion I felt Warwick. very shy. Well, I, was, I was super excited. I mean, I was, well, I, I also think you, you didn't get that when you were like, because I've seen some TV kids get it when they're 22 and they totally don't fucking appreciate it at all. In mid 30s, man. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of them, you know, and they get to 23. Yeah. Because like I know some of them, I've known some that like, they're comics and then they get this job and they're like, I just want to be a comic. Who cares? But I think Josh definitely appreciated it, which I feel like when that whole thing happened where like he was going to lose the tonight show, you were probably like, what the fuck? You probably yeah, what was heart. that like? What was that whole thing like? Dude, it, it, that was just devastating. Cause it's like, I'm like, Oh my God, if I can, if I can do this, I like, I'm going to, I'm in the most stable institution on television, the tonight show. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. There's no reason <laughs> There's no reason to think otherwise, really, or I, or I didn't f- think there was any reason. But you know, the ratings, you know, started to dip, and 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 Letterman was started to beat him, and then there was the talk about Leno, uh, and it just it, it all happened pretty quick in like January. It, it all unfolded. I feel Did like you find out about it from like the media? At least publicly, I mean. I just remember someone saying uh, Jay Leno's on TMZ and I just got up and I closed my door. I was like, fuck. And I looked and it was, it was, 
it was terrible. Like we were off the air within a few weeks. Really? Um, were, were there rumors kind of circling for a while that like he was going to get replaced? No, well, I don't remember it that way. I remember like publicly, uh, it was um, it, it it was it was a, sh- a short period of time before it started to uh, people started talking about it. Or speculating. Yeah, that's when the Team Coco thing kind of started, but, right? You know, but the crazy, yes, yes. Uh, but but the crazy thing about that, and you know, it's 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 something worth remembering that I don't think people do when they they talk about this is NBC gave Leno a one hour show every weeknight before Conan. Yeah, I remember that. And I don't know, maybe lead-in still counted then? If they did, Leno's show, which also confuses me, wasn't great. No, I wouldn't be surprised if it was great, but it it didn't do well. So, so, and also, like, you know, uh, he didn't, I don't think he did a module, what the hell he did, because I didn't watch it, but. Yeah, I think think some of that was, was like, they were like, oh, because usually at 10 o'clock they put the, top shows or the dramas on and they were NBC was like, Oh, we're going to try something new. We're going to put a late night show on. And I guess they realized, Oh, I guess there's a reason why those cop shows are on at 10 o'clock. They do well, you know? Uh, yeah. But actually it was also like, well, Leno, Leno was still winning. You know, they, they kind of predicted that, you know, Conan was the next big thing and, and, and Leno will age out. And, but Leno, Leno was still going strong when they, they, whatever you think of him, he was still going strong yeah. with it. Do you think it was partly like, be like because it was you know, the time slot is different. Like, like the Tonight Show with Leno it has a very specific, you know, demographic and audience that maybe because you know oh, Conan well, that show was so funny and kind of edgy and was it yeah. like maybe it didn't translate to like it was almost too funny well, for well, like the audience. Well, the show the show uh, did try to adjust for uh, like a Tonight Show audience. You know, it, it it wasn't like, you know, writers standing up in the audience saying, now, wait a second, you know. Like, yeah, which is funny. Yeah, which is which is great. I mean, that's kind of like what made, I think, Conan uh, great and, and, and memorable. But uh, um, yeah, so yeah, like, I mean, no, I, I think Leno it is right. Yeah, like Leno is a is a is a right fit for a tonight show because it's a, he's a broader guy. Cause he's just not that funny. Basically. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, yeah. I don't know how else to say, but it feels like it's very kind of like, you can't beat maybe the way just nothing that would be too sophisticated or too much yeah. for like middle America where they'd be like, hi, what, what are they yeah. saying? Um, yeah. But, yeah. But I think that's what happened. I think Conan and Letterman always wanted the tonight show. And then they realized that, you know what? They didn't really want the tonight show. Cause that's not their humor. And that's okay. You know what I mean? They, they would have both been good in the roles, but that's not their humor. And they, I know. They I don't, thrived I think in their, Le- they yeah. thrived in your, Conan yeah, thrived it, on TBS. It's kind of know? an interesting thing of like, you're, you know, that whole thing of like, no one, you, you look at people and you're like, man, they must be so happy. But it's like, you know, the perspective from the outside of Letterman when he had that show is that he was really successful and like, was kind of like, thought of as the funniest person out there and the best talk show host. But then he still was always like, had this thing he had to host a tonight show because his idol was was johnny carson so it's like right but you, you know on the outside you're like why would you want to do that like you're fine where how you are like he ended up being better 
staying in New York City and having another. That's I I don't know if this is the thing I always thought though. Like I feel like you know. LA there's something about LA that's like less funny so almost like when you move a show to LA it's just going to be not as funny as like a New York show you know what I mean well the audiences were dumber I caught on to that I wasn't with the show in New York but I I caught on that that became apparent to a lot of people um yeah like so I there there was always something about that like I don't think Letterman would have translated well in LA I don't know why I just he wouldn't have like when he hosted the oscars it was like he was great but everyone like hated and not that it's an oscars audience at the but there is something that like there's a reason that comedy in la is like not as funny as like new york comedy. i I think letterman was so identified with new york too i don't i think conan made the transition fine because i don't think his show was like about being in new york he wasn't like at that point he wasn't really going on remotes a lot like letterman was you know yeah. He, wasn't, he wasn't like walk. What was he? I mean, and when he was in New York, Conan, he wasn't like walking around the city a lot, was he? Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I think he, he wasn't as New York identified, but yeah. I don't think it, like I, I don't know. There's something I always thought that when like he went to L.A., I was like, I feel like they're not gonna like get it as much there. It's, it's weird because you would be like, well, what does it matter? It's, it's just being broadcast on TV. But there is like a vibe. There's just something about the vibe in L.A. that's like that's different in everything in terms of yeah even studio audience no right right like you know like snl wouldn't work as well in la you know what i mean so but talking about the remotes because conan you know does these remotes and i guess he's still going to do that right the remote stuff you know i don't know maybe it's on his hbo show he's going to have the show on hbo or something like that yeah that's what i've heard yeah but I mean, about, it's gonna be. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. But like the, the the thing with the triumph and the wiener circle. I know we talked about this last time, and that you wrote some great jokes for that. And because you know, I kind of wanted to bring it back to Smigel, because Robert Smigel is this brilliant, hilarious writer, and uh, he kind of, I guess, you met him at Conan, and he kind of liked what you did, and that's why you got into this new show. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny. Like I, you know, I don't know if you're on Facebook, but it, it sent me an alert today like nine years ago this happened and it was uh it was a picture of me and my wife at a cubs game and i remember that because it was my only time at wrigley field it was conan in chicago we had done the winter circle and smigel i got an email first email i ever got from robert smigel thanking me and uh, for a a joke that really crushed Mm -hmm. and i was like wow and just was like a nice feeling to be oh i'm at wrigley and uh and uh, wow, uh, Robert Smigel just wrote me. But after that, I, I, I still had to work really hard to get on his radar because I, want, I wanted to be on his radar because I liked writing for Triumph. And, you know, I wrote for The Rose. I'm like, well, sh-, you know, I wanted to be like a go-to guy. But uh, yeah, he was, say, he was saying on, the, on his pod, that podcast with Mark Marin about how he feels the pressure of Triumph because Triumph is just such, it's like a killer bit. And it's he feels like he you have to keep up a certain quality to it, and he kind of did a shout out to all the writers. Really, he said, you know, it's a team effort. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's you know, every a lot of people submit jokes for it, and he's got his stable of writers. I'm I'm lucky lucky enough to be one. Um, and you, yeah, uh, so, writing for Triumph. And what the show you did you just work on it or yeah, is it yeah yeah what's um, that going to be on. It was already on. You mean, you mean what was that on? <laughs> oh, is it is it already been on and it's not on? I'm it's sorry. It's on Hulu yeah, now. No, it's all right. It's all right. You in America. 
Is uh, it on Hulu now? It's on Hulu. Hulu now sounds like a separate service from Hulu. It yes. does. <laughs> it's actually on Hulu right now, which is the premium service yeah. where the commercials are all integrated. Yeah. Um, so you, they're, not, they're not interrupted now. Uh, it's on Hulu. Uh, you can watch it on Hulu. It's called Let's Be Real. And I uh, highly recommend you watch it. What, what is the? I don't. Um, what What is the premise of it? All right. It's a. It. It's. It's. It's a. It's a puppet sketch show, basically. But there's also real people in it. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what it is. Yeah, I have a um, clip. I probably it's probably going to be a clip. It's uh this episode four, something with the uh, Prince Charles and and the Queen go to L.A. Right. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. That's and my oh, can, you're going to play the clip. I'll just play. I'll see if I can. Okay, yeah. let's. I, I always wanted to do this. Like, oh, let's uh, let's listen to the clip from uh, <laughs> the new show. Let's be real. <laughs> I, I think this was my sketch. Oh, cool. That's, I'm glad I did this. All right, let's hear. They're just walking. I'll just give a back. They're walking down the street. I think. What are they looking for? The okay. Uh, the, the background. The the premise is that. They wanted to. They, they basically want to rescue Harry from Megan, so they go to L.A. <laughs> and they, they go to an area. They think, you know, they figure, well, Megan will be here. So they go to like a black neighborhood. And oh, it's so funny. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll just play a clip. Seen Megan? Megan Markle. No. Oh, pardon me. Have you seen a woman of average looks? Married to a devastatingly handsome ginger. Hello, do you know where Harry's being held? Have you heard of a famous black woman named Megan? Be Megan the Stallion? Ooh, she said it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> that was really so, good. Yeah, um, that remote was really a tough one to get through. I, I uh, just on a on, on a side note, um. I loved like you know back in the day when talk shows were really big. They always had the moment where they'd be like uh, to the actor there to plug the movie. They'd be like, "All right, we have a clip. Can you set up the clip?" And they were always like, "I don't know what I don't know what it is." <laughs> yeah. Like it was always such a weird thing where they'd pretend like because later I heard they were like, "No," but like some talk show host was like, "They always know what the clip is. They just kind of pretend that they don't know what it is." Right. So, so you really you wrote a lot of this one. You were saying. Well, what we, <laughs> right. what happens with this? Like, I mean, th- yeah, I came up with a premise, but then everyone pitches in. On, this is like a when there's something that can be like a joke bucket. Like everyone can pitch in for questions for these guys, the Queen and Charles, to ask on the, on the street. You know, uh, I'm not so uh, uh, you know cocky that I think uh, only I can come up with the best questions because right. I have a premise. Like, yeah, like that's when you just gotta let. See, you know, let others pitch and 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 pick the best jokes. You know, um, but in the case of Smy, it seems like I hear Smigels. He's probably doing Prince Charles. It sounds like we actually did both of them. Oh, yeah! Wow. We we had, we had booked two actors, but I don't know. They, well, but funny. but you know, the ad libbing kind of comes from him, also. I would imagine, right? When he said she said it, I didn't. That was probably something he thought no, that of. That was a, actually a joke that I wrote. But, um, oh, no is a lot of it like how prescripted is it and how much is like just kind of off well, the cuff well, to, be, to be fair th- this this was a remote and we didn't do many remotes with these puppets there was one other one with Fauci that I thought was pretty funny it's just Fauci yelling at people who aren't wearing masks um, so those you know you have the lines for them but you don't have the reaction I, I, I find it pretty hard I, I I found the remote part. There's also a, a sketch, a, a written sketch part after the, re, the part where they're walking around the streets. 
But uh, I find it really hard because like when you're doing like a, a thing with Triumph and you send them out to like the Wiener Circle or, you know, the, the, the dog show, like you're counting on those people that he's talking to. You're going to laugh at them. You're counting on that. Yeah. You know, you're going to laugh at Triumph's lines, but they're going to Triumph's lines are going to be making fun of them. And you're going to let. But this time we weren't, you know, we're, we're not making the joke was on the ignorance of the, the Prince Charles and the Queen. And I think it's, it's just it's just harder to get it off the ground when it's like you're not, you know, I don't know, laughing at like the people. Right. Because you, know? you don't want to make you know it turn it turn into a, like a racist thing or anything. Uh, yeah yeah no definitely not so like you know like you know like you can imagine it's it's easier to go you know get laughs at people at a MAGA rally or something where right. did you where did they do it the like where did they tape this uh that part crenshaw really yeah oh wow yeah <laughs> have you ever been on those remote things with him i mean you I have was, right? i was yeah i was on this you one. were there for that yeah most of them i'm not um i was there for this one yeah but most of them what, what's that like is it weird i mean you kind of like oh this is like is there kind of like a tension or nervousness not because it's in crenshaw but just kind of like you you're well i guess you're not the one doing it but just kind of like they have to approach people how do people re do a lot of people react favorably or do they know what's going on it, it, it was fine it, yeah it was it's, it's pop i mean it's puppets I mean, we, to be honest there wasn't like you know like again with triumph you you get the people to react and then he ad-libs off that or like a daily show correspondent you know there's an interaction and some ad more ad-libbing we didn't really get that here and it's you know so there wasn't i mean i was nervous of how how funny it would be because like a lot of the fox you know did fox killed some of the lines that were funny but a little bit harsher mm -hmm. um and some lines that i was happy to see go but uh wait yeah, fox so did was, yeah well so it's, it's network it's network tv i mean they're very conservative with stuff yeah, but like I that gotta say, i gotta say right right and they you know they also wanted us to make fun of you know we had our are you know they wanted us to be fair and balanced a little bit uh you know <laughs> yeah like they and, are and, you know we did we did, you know we we did have sketches with like nancy pelosi and biden and uh i don't know some others but uh um, yeah and you kind of have to do that and biden's kind of an easy target anyway you know? yeah but we did, yeah i mean we did a little it, he's kind of hard like his you don't want to do like uh the the, the senile guy but yeah <laughs> You know, you don't want it to make it all about that. But it's but, like, uh, that's kind of the main thing. Like, what it, else are you going to? It, it's a little, yeah. It, I got to say, it's really tricky because they make these puppets and they're like life size. So it's really hard. It, it, it takes a lot to build them and to make them funny looking. Like the Kanye was was a funny looking puppet, the Kanye puppet. You know, um, the Mark Zuckerberg and, and Jeff Bezos, they were funny puppets. But then there were some that were just like, eh, okay, that, I guess that looks like that that person a little bit. Um, do you have any idea? Did you like? Do you know this? Like, how did he get so? How did he go to that direction? Like, when did he? Was he always into? It just seems funny that he was like this comedy writer guy, and like he he kind of stumbled upon like puppet comedy. Like, was that? Do you have any idea how that started? Well, I because you don't that, see it a lot. Well, he'll. I mean. I, I think they approached him, uh, I believe, you know, it's actually like the, 
they, there's a French show that they they bought the show or something the rights and and um, I think they I think they came to him because they, that's what he said in the interview. And it's also kind of a little bit like splitting image or spitting image, right, or whatever right, it was. Right, right. But um, you know, I think he he's talked about it before, and I completely agree because I remember that show he did TV Funhouse. Remember that yeah. show? Yeah. Uh-huh. That guy Dave Juskow, comic comic I know, he was on it too, and. I think Smigel always said, you know, it's like with Triumph, you can get away with so much more if it's a cartoon right. or if it's puppets. You can literally have them like fucking each other and they'll be yeah. like, yeah, this is okay for TV. Yeah. So well, I, I, I think that's why he likes doing it that way. Like to have like these things you can kind of get away uh, with more if you use like puppets or animation. Um, but I mean, you know, Triumph was, was born out of the, the uh, Conan's late night. Joe. I know, and that's like just that right there to come out of that is like yeah. just enough in itself. I mean, because that was just like this. I mean, I, I I was watching an old Triumph, you know, segment like a week ago that I had, which is like it's really funny because like it was from probably like two thousand five or maybe a little later, and it just would never fly today. It's like he goes to American Idol auditions and he's giving them lyrics to sing, and it's like I'm so gay, I'm so gay, yeah. and it's just like. <laughs> You could never get away with that shit now. Um, um, no, <laughs> but it also helped. He, you know, again being a puppet, he, it helped him. Do you remember that? This is just a red. Late, late night did do. Everyone in late night did do those jokes, gay jokes, and now they don't. Which is good. yeah, you know. But they yeah. were easy. They were easy jokes. But let's. You can't turn back. That's what people did back then, and that's why you can't like retroactively cancel people because that's what people were doing. Retard jokes. Yeah. And whatever. Eric, that you was know. your. Gay retard was your whole act, Eric. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that your stage name for a while? <laughs> but, I um, still do it. I get booed off the stage. Um, but, but you know, the funny thing also with the Smigels, too, like the, the Triumph is, you know, I guess he has jokes sometimes. You know, you guys give him jokes or whatever, and he reads the jokes, and he, you could see him sometimes cracking up while he's doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I always think that's like the funniest thing. Like he knows he's seen the jokes before, but then he, I guess maybe comes to realization how ridiculous this is. And he's saying these jokes. It's so funny to watch. Cause he's like literally cracking up while he's asking the question. It, it's really, it kind of makes it. And I usually don't like, I hate when SNL uh, performers break, you know, right. start cracking up, but I don't know. I kind of, I kind of, it, it's kind of fun when it with when it's Michael. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't feel like he doesn't do it all. Every he barely also, does it. It, yeah. it seems genuine. You know, you know he's about, he, you know, like a big joke is about to come. Something that is like risky and is going to piss this person off. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like the signal. Because SNL, it doesn't seem genuine a lot. Like a lot of times they bust out laughing, and you're like, "Why is this? Like this isn't oh, funny." I fucking right. I fuck. It was fucking. Horrific. You're like, how are you not able to get through this without laughing? Thing. Is there did, did Fallon and Horatio ever get through a sketch without cracking up? <laughs> I mean, I know that that became their thing, and it was just sort of like, all right, but yeah, but I'm when like, they always like, talk I'm about someone's laughing, but when they talk about Farley, like Farley would make people break all the time, and that I, I mean, come on, if that guy was in front of you doing what he did, how could you not laugh? Right, that's forgivable. Like when you see David Spade, like you know, trying to yeah, straight face. Or when they're trying to not laugh, like a lot of times it became not, they just like Fallon and Horatio Sands, it was kind of like they were expected to laugh. 
So they right. kind of would play it up a little bit, but it's funny. I mean, yeah, like in that specific sketch when Spade's breaking, he's at least trying not to laugh. I think it's funny when they do laugh, but it has to be like, you have to think it's funny too. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. Yes. You can't be like, are you, what's going on there that I'm not seeing? Um, <laughs> right. Um, all right. So Josh, thanks. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up, but uh, thanks a, a oh, lot for coming it up. on again. Yeah. Unless you have more questions. I mean, I'm, you know. Uh, well, do you have any plugs or anything? Oh yeah. Why don't you uh, plug your stuff? Oh yeah. So I just wrote for the show. Let's be real. There's four episodes now on Hulu. Uh, and there's also YouTube clips of the show. Um, and it's lots of uh, funny writers wrote funny shit for it. So there's, there's my plug. Do you have like social yeah. media stu- handles? Um, uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Josh. Yeah. He has a great Twitter account. So I haven't really been tweeting much at all. Yeah, actually, didn't you take over Marjorie Keller Green's Twitter account? You tweet- she's yeah. doing she's doing the take thing where everyone gets it for a, a day. <laughs> right. That's where that Holocaust thing came from. Right. Hey, that was my. I feel bad that I. She's taking the heat, but whatever. <laughs> It's good she's covering for you. She seems yeah. cool. No, this All is right. great. Thanks again. Thanks, uh, Josh Comers. Um, last exit to Brooklyn. Please rate and review this podcast. Please subscribe, and we'll see you next time. See ya. <laughs>